Go. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, just for record's sake, I'm going to say it's June 28th. I came in today curious about um, the concept of allowing. I was wondering, where is the allowing in all portions of the effort cycle that we've talked about in class? Yield is an obvious one because you're allowing yourself to yield into gravity. Can you also feel like you are allowing a push to happen or a pull or a rewind? And I wonder if the allowing is that authenticism. If it's just natural, if it's just the next thing that's coming to you, no matter what movement it is, that's an, that's an allowing action. Yeah. Actually, one of the things that, that comes to my mind is that yield is the impulse into push, reach, pull, anything. It's like thinking of it as a trigger versus just collapsing into gravity. But it is a gravity-related thing, I think, because if I actually yield the initial, that just seems instinctual, it's exhale, and then act out of that. And in a real way, um, I can't not push, I can't not pull, mm -hmm. I can't, because that's life. Yeah. It's almost like, Yield is trigger to me now, here, oh, ma. It feels like sort of the organization factor that then allows you to do other things. Yeah, and I would say the most optimal organization factor, if, you know, again, if you go back to babies, and you watch them yield before everything, mm -hmm. you can certainly see adults not yield. Yeah. You know, I just, I reach, I push, I, you know, whatever. Um, and then I think that's a way that we can really destabilize ourselves. You know, today, that, this focus that we had in the balancing part of inner and outer, I've just become more organized toward get my life done. Yeah, that And then is... it, there's no connection to me in a way, in, in any kind of vital or healthful way. And so stressors start to build up that then... It's sort of about control, that control is one way to breed tension unnecessarily. Mm. But control, like, of your outer environment? You mean yes. Or? Yeah. Yeah. But... I feel like if you allow more things to just happen in your life, then that also is a kind of control. Totally. Yeah. Because when you say control, I'm, there's a part of you that goes, ah, ah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, it's like this almost making things. Making things Making happen. things happen versus that I'm controlling how my life unfolds by keeping this ebb and flow within myself. I'm always checking. Like I said, told you about the class I taught last night really encouraging them about every few minutes to like what just what changed how are you different than you were when you walked in here changed your clothes put money in your parking meter whatever um, to notice those ways that when i have a feedback group that checks in with me that's then an impulse for a different kind of controlling i don't want my i don't want to feel like this i don't want my life or like oh wow this is great you know just all of those yeah if responses you if me. you are a part of that control then it's a healthier situation than if you are the controller only. If yeah, you, if it's a, yeah, if it's a controlling, yeah, yeah. It's, it is more that thing of this, that I'm part of the, my environment, my environment's part of me. And so if it doesn't make any sense to, to me anyway, to just be trying to manipulate my environment without having that whatever I'm shifting tested in me. It's just yeah. working. Because otherwise, I could be doing 25 things that are having minimal effect and 
and, and they're definitely not having any relationship with me, so then, then I distance myself from my environment, which gets to be challenging, versus being really in my environment, like I'm in a swimming pool, or, and having to navigate the fact that if I want to move, I'm probably going to have to put my head underwater and have some shift and change happen. During that portion of today's Mindful Moving, when we were talking about uh, relationship between self and space, mm. I was thinking of myself as sort of a gelatin-like shape in a jar of other gelatin things uh-uh. that have different consistencies and how much can it influence the consistency of other things. Thinking of when you said, um, but we take in our environment very literally through breath, I was imagining, well, what would happen if my gelatin mass took in the gelatin of another oh, sort of another <laughs> part of this environment? I don't know, it was interesting to think about well, you know, and in a way we do, by hearing, yeah. seeing, smelling, tasting. You know, those are ways that we, we are undifferentiated from yeah. the envi- environment. And then we're processing and we take them in. It's a perfect metaphor for the allow, I think, mm-hmm. also. I'm constantly taking in stuff. If I notice that, then it can make a difference in me. So then I can relate to it in my environment versus... It's always coming in. I can't stop sound and sight. And and those can, you know, shift me in some way. But if I'm really mindful of them, then that can have a huge impact on how I operate in my environment. Yeah. But then there are also some things that we actually can't take in, like the wood of the floor, for example. But I can impact it, you know, on very uh, molecular levels. You know, when I push on the floor, something shifts to allow my hands to be in that place. And the shape of the floor shapes my hand. Oh, yeah, totally. So it's like yeah. that difference between me walking on the grass, where I can totally feel that it its impact on me is a softening one, versus walking on concrete, where I feel like when I compare the two, or walking on moss, or walking in mud, those all impact me. They shape, they sh- change because me. Because they're different textures. So yeah. you get. I may not take in the floor, but I can take in information yeah. through my nervous system. So that's the way, this, this feeling tone is the way that we can be impacted. My, my thinking is that, yeah, I am taking this in. I'm taking in what this hardness has to offer me. I'm taking in what that, and that's, that's that. I mean, yeah. we can say we translate it as information, but it really is that. Like when it's muggy outside, like it has been the past couple of days, you can really feel mm. that and sense it. Or you take that in, and you, you take breathe that, that in, and yeah. it feels like you can feel the thickness of it. Like smell is a wonderful example of how you can we can really be shifted by smell. Your, our whole day can be transformed by you know smelling something that takes us because the olfactory sense goes directly to the brain. There's no it's not like mediated in any way. And the whole notion of aromatherapy is that if we pay more attention to sense and choose, I always smell my food. My husband just drives him crazy. Like. When I, we're somewhere where there's a choice of salad dressings or whatever, and I pick them up, like, what are you doing? Well, I'm not <laughs> going to put something on my salad or whatever if it smells too vinegary or do whatever. I really utilize that versus how much of our food choices these days are totally visual, what it looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, like strawberries. People eat strawberries that I think should be thrown in the garbage. <laughs> they taste like sawdust or something. But we've so, like, it looks good. Oh, good. It is something I eat. And then people don't even pay attention to it. It tastes crappy. Yeah. Kind of, sort of like our eyes, that's not really what they're for. No. The, the, talk is, the toxins that are in, you know, certain foods that are poisonous, that's 
the signal to us that that's toxic is in the taste, not in the appearance. Yeah, our eyes are overwhelming, and so what goes bad? Our eyes. Other animals that have such acute taste, mm -hmm. you know, and can detect things. Have you ever heard of a dog's nose going bad? I haven't. The last thing that I thought that I thought about during the breath part was the surface of the front body and the back body and how twisted that can become when we assume different shapes in space. Mm -hmm. So sitting cross-legged like this, my back the back body of my legs is pointed medially, oh. you know. And you know, people sit with their hands, you know, facing down, but that the facing down, what's, what is facing down the palm, is the front body of the hand. Right. But yet, this is the back of my hand currently is front <laughs> to you. Yeah, you can get totally <laughs> trippy with all this front body. So that's interesting because most of the time, I when I just think front body, back body, it's just totally torso focused. Once you take it out into the periphery, it's just like because <laughs> there's so much more potential for rotation yeah. as you get farther and farther away from the integrative core. Yeah.